Hey, this is Zach Seiko with Locked On Nittany Lines. This is part two of the episode with Maddie Fresh. We had so much to talk about, so much to analyze with the Big Ten schedules for 2024-25 and what that's ultimately going to mean for Penn State and all of college football. Locked On Nittany Lines is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com. Here is part two of this episode. There is something big coming to college football in about a decade or so. And honestly... Not a lot of people are going to like it. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll tell you what the conversation is next, and I guess this is something we can wrap up with because now we go really big picture here, is when the Big Ten expands again. I'll tell you what's coming, folks. This uh, This isn't a prediction. I don't have a crystal ball. It is coming. The Big Ten is going to expand to 20, maybe even 24 teams. And you are going to essentially get three giant conferences. The Big 12 actually made out very well with coming to some preliminary agreements with the likes of Colorado, Arizona. They are basically going to imperialize parts of the Pac-12. The Big Ten is going to do the same. And then the ACC, because now you're hearing from North Carolina, Virginia possibly moving to the Big Ten. And you're like, that that is really out there. Yeah, it is. Because the ACC is now worried about what are they going to do because they're seeing what's going on with the Pac-12 or it's eventually going to become the Pac-4 and and that's it. It's over with. Notre Dame's going to realize that independence isn't going to work anymore. And then you just had the recent changes to what schools qualify for the AAU status. Notre Dame was one of them. I don't, I don't remember the list off the top of my head, but that was the big deal. Because everyone said, well, the reason the Big Ten doesn't want Notre Dame or the reason there's the uh, the line in the sand is because Notre Dame's on an AAU school and the Big Ten really values that. Well, that's not the case anymore. Notre Dame has that qualification. And the Big Ten does want them. The Big Ten wants all these schools. They want Oregon. They want Washington. They want these teams paired up, too. They're not looking to take individual schools, right? They're looking to take them in pairs because – They want that quote-unquote. That's why they took USC and UCLA. UCLA was a major holdup in all of that. You are never going to take Notre Dame by itself. Probably Notre Dame and Stanford would make a lot of sense. That's the one. It would be Washington and Oregon. Uh, Cal Cal just doesn't care about sports. I mean, Cal Berkeley is obviously one of the best academic institutions. They have no reason to <laughs> care about athletics. But shout that, out Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> other, other than that was him, the last time they were relevant. Yeah, right. Other than him, and that's well, I know people might be in the comments about Stanford. I get that. I, I really do. But Stanford at least has a little more attention to it than Cal. But that is what's coming. You are going to have three super conferences of the SEC, the Big Ten. And what the Big 12, whatever that's going to morph into, you're going to get divisions. You're going to get five, potentially six or seven divisions of four teams in each. And then I'll tell you what's really, this is this is further down the road, maybe like a decade, two decades from now. So I know 20 years from now, maybe you and I will uh, hop on a podcast again and, and talk about it when it does happen. But it might not be so far away. Objects may appear closer than they seem, right? Eventually... These conferences want to break off from the NCAA, form a like a pseudo professional football league, basically a minor NFL league, because they can. There's so much money involved. 
There is so much money involved. But that's what's coming, folks, is that you are going to get three super conferences. They're going to merge into the, the college football uh, association or something like that and basically try to nuke the NCAA. That is the goal of all of this from the football perspective. And, and I, when I think about all the other sports that don't survive on their own because they monetarily cannot, they cannot pay their bills. It, this show doesn't need to get into the finances of it, but that's what, for a Penn State football fan, you're going to be possibly in a division with Maryland, Oregon, and let's really take one out, you know, out of left field, Clemson. That That is a very real possibility, or Penn State, Notre Dame, uh, USC, and Michigan, if they do away with the geographical divisions. But that's very well what this could come to, and it's just football, men's basketball, and I don't know. I think the schools, the NCAA helps fund a lot of these other sports, but a decade from now, uh, maybe 10 to 15 years, that could all go away. If these football, the football boosters, the organizers, when it comes to college football, really push forward, because as we saw Fox, NBC and CBS were willing to pay $1 billion for big 10 football. Yeah. And you just have to hope that this does not become the NFL. Um, I will sort of play devil's advocate and say, I think there's enough of people like us who appreciate the tradition and the pageantry of the sport yeah. um, and what college football is really all about to prevent a complete mass exodus of everything that we know that makes college football special and to become sort of a minor league football. Um, obviously what the XFL is doing is trying to become minor league football. Yep. Um, there is a separate space for college football to always exist as its own sport. Mm -hmm. And I would hope, and I would have faith that um, the important people that are in the positions of power here in college football uh, will ultimately say enough is enough. And I know that's, you know, with some of the deals that you're seeing now with WWE and UFC merging and becoming part of the Saudi portfolio, now PGA and live. Yep. Um, it just, these, these leaders are not making decisions based on the integrity of the sport. They're doing it for the bag. So you hope that doesn't happen in college football, but it is probably inevitable. Um, and I can only hope that one day enough is enough. And, you know, you can adapt to all these things that we're discussing, but there is a point where a line should not be crossed. And Penn State being in division with Maryland and Oregon and Clemson is where i draw a line uh that is not college football as we know it and conference title games right if you're gonna, gonna have, do, you're gonna have conference yeah. playoff tournaments you're gonna have a big right. 10 quarterfinal you're gonna have a big 10 semifinal and then a championship and then you kind of have to figure out that big playoff system from there this episode is sponsored by bird dogs bird dogs pants and shorts are great for three reasons First, the fit. You will look good and feel great wearing bird dogs. The second reason, of course, is comfort. Comfort, their stretchy fabric will make your legs look great, and they're comfier than all of your other shorts and pants. Third and finally, versatility. They give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts, one pair of pants to anything, a golf course, a meeting, you're on a date, and hanging out with friends, anything. Now, I've never had a pair of bird dogs, so I thought, 
I should go order a pair. And you know what? I did. And I got a pair of bird dog shorts. And I can honestly say they've lived up to the billing. You can go get yours too at birddogs.com and use Locked On College as a promo code. Visit birddogs.com slash Locked On College. Use that promo code and you get a free Yeti style tumbler from Bird Dogs with every order. That's right. Birddogs.com slash Locked On College for a free Yeti style tumbler from Bird Dogs. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off we can promise you. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, and actually, funny, uh, we get talking about this because one of the interviews that we had the privilege of doing during XFL season was with AJ McCarron. Mm -hmm. And we talked about a lot of things. Obviously, they went. Uh, they were the first team to go back to back in like the, the BCS era. And then obviously Georgia does it. So we talked about a lot of different things in college football. And one of the thing AJ mentioned was that it's absurd. The playoff schedule, the 12 team being your quarterfinal round on what was it? December 22nd yeah, or something like that is insane can you imagine that if you're a college football player and you make your conference title game let's say you play 12 in the regular season conference titles 13 now you have potentially quarterfinal if you don't get the bye you have semifinal national title that's 16 or 17 games um and the national title is pushed back to what january 20th as of next year so right up against NFL wildcard. Like I think mm -hmm. the CFP is, yep. is doing the what Thursday, Friday uh, semifinal to avoid clashing with NFL playoffs that weekend, yep. which is, it's just, it's getting crazy. So if you're adding in like the conference title games are never going away, the conferences are just going to continue to push for those. The yep. college football playoff is never going to be able to come in and say, all right, we're playing too many games. The conference title got to go. The conferences are not going to go for that. There will always be conference title games and conferences will always be looking to expand and push conference playoffs yeah. like they do with the conference tournaments in college basketball. So, right. yeah, I don't know. We could end up having 18 games and somebody's going to have to step up because it's not it's not college football. It's, it's just not not what the sport's about. And, and um, the regular season should matter. I, I love this sport because the regular season matters so much and and I, I'm all for 12 teams, probably because I'm really biased. And I think Penn State's probably the beneficiary of that, like more than a lot of different schools. Yep. Like if you're in Alabama, yep. you don't want the 12th team, obviously. If you're Penn State, you absolutely welcome it. Yep. So, yeah, I just I feel like this is heading in a direction that it could get a little scary. And I'm just glad that we grew up in college football that we did. And we got to experience that, at least, because that that's something you can never take away from us. Well, I'm glad we we're in an age where, yes, we got to see the BCS and then the four team and, and now this 12 team. I think this is the perfect sweet spot, but I'm glad we didn't have to see a bunch of random journalists pick who was the national champion 
from teams who never even played each other all, all right. season. So we we grew up in the goal, the kind of the perfect era. Got lucky. Of, yeah, it was fun. And and when it was four teams, it was more fun. And now it's going to be even more. So I think 12 is, is probably the right number. I, I would have said six if it was up to me. Um, but obviously when you think about a, a playoff game in Beaver stadium, you know, December 23rd, I mean, can you imagine like a LSU, uh, Clemson or, or yeah, or Clemson they're coming in, they're done. No chance. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be at night and, and I don't care what at that point, the big 10 says about, we can't play at night in, in November. That's yeah. the, the college football playoff doesn't care. Yeah. They'll schedule that, you when they schedule you. That rules out the window so, anyway with the new TV yeah. agreement because of the because right. of NBC. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy because you. I have to give you credit. Like we were talking about, who could the the Penn State whiteout potentially be? And I want to ask you here because you nailed the the twenty three one. You were one of the first ones I saw to say, "Don't overthink this." It's Iowa. Yeah, and you were right. Who's it in twenty four? USC or Ohio State? Depends where the game is on the schedule. Yeah, and it, and it depends what network gets it in the draft. Okay, right, Fox right. apparently fact Fox apparently had all these first round picks. Okay, yeah. they had all these protected first round picks, so they used them on obviously Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Like it, it that's just the fact of the matter. So NBC yeah. is lower on the totem pole, and they're like, all right, we'll take Penn State, West Virginia, um, and CBS. I they are fortunate enough in this case to be able to flex to a night game. Uh, but they have, yeah. because they have to carry sec games at three 30 to finish out their contract. <laughs> right. So, yeah. See, that, I wonder if, if you think too, like with, with USC coming into Beaver stadium, is, is this going to be something where the big 10, um, you know, you always hear like the university of spoiled children. Is this going to be something where the big 10 says, okay, we want USC to be competitive. That's beneficial for us, right? Yeah. So when we're giving them the big three, which we'll say is Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, when we're sending them on the road to Columbus or Ann Arbor or State College, we're going to do it in September or early October. And when they go on the road in November, they can go to like Northwestern or they can go to Purdue. Yeah. I have a feeling that you're going to see that. And it's because – I think the Big Ten schedule makers are going to be hesitant at first saying, do we really want to send USC into Beaver Stadium before Thanksgiving knowing what's going to happen if they do that? They will not be ready for the conditions. So I'd be curious to see if if you think USC will get some preferential treatment from the schedule makers to, to remain more competitive. I could see that being uh, week three or week four, honestly. Like, and that's whiteout territory. If yeah. so, like Penn State loves to have the, the warm weather whiteout, uh, as you're seeing again this year. And and yeah. I think that Penn State is 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 choosing to make the whiteout weekend a celebration for fans and recruits. Yeah, if you can win your official visit, looks pretty good. Why go in against Michigan and lose? with all those official visits there and maybe some of them flipped to Michigan, who knows Um, what Penn state's done with Minnesota making easy work of them in the whiteout Auburn. It's, it's not traditional. I don't know if I love it, but you might see USC fall into that pattern of Penn state kind of staying away from Michigan and Ohio state in the whiteout last couple of years. Yeah. USC makes a lot of sense because I mean, cause they did look Alabama, they did Auburn, 
Notre yeah. Dame. Uh, so the precedent precedence there, I, I think they can, now I'm saying don't make USC the whiteout game, make Ohio state because you can definitely get home field advantage by scheduling the trip. But Penn state has no say in that, you know, that's just, that's yeah. kind of me being you know, kidding. Right. But uh, if you could schedule USC in late, no mid to late November as your second to final home game, cause it's going to be Michigan state for the land game right. trophy USC early November. Uh, yeah. You don't need the whiteout for that. You'll, you'll freeze them out. That's what I'm saying. And is the conference going to be like, oh, man, like the, the conference wants USC to be good. You know, if, if, if USC comes in and goes seven and five in year one, I think everybody's looking around like, well, well, now we're stuck with them. And I don't, I, don't, I think Lincoln Riley, well, I see, I thought Lincoln Riley came in to USC to try to run the Pac 12. Yeah. And it would have been the easiest way for him to get into the playoffs. But maybe he, you know, figured it would expand to 12. So in that case, it really doesn't matter. But obviously with a 14 playoff, the better move was for him to just stay in the Pac-12. From a competitive standpoint, obviously yeah. the money is is unreal for USC to come in and, and the TV deal that they now yeah. become part of. It's crazy that we used to, like we talk about growing up in the BCS era, how um, your noon window would just be kind of snoozer games. Yeah. And you had your, your big three thirties, uh, sec kick. And then the, the seven thirty primetime on ABC with, with Herb street, our, our whole universe is about to change. I mean, we're going to have Todd Blackledge calling Penn state, West Virginia yeah. week one. Yeah. Like that's, that's going to be weird. He's, uh, he's not normally on NBC. So yeah. yeah, I think it'll be, it'll usher in a new generation of college football fans. And then in 20 years from now, they'll be talking about, big yep. noon kickoff and they'll be talking about NBC big 10 primetime. Some of the great moments that that ended up producing. And then, yeah, here goes CBS getting in on a full-time big 10 slate. I'm going to be so confused hearing the different musics that we're so, <laughs> we're so used to hearing for different conferences, but Hey, it's adapt or die. We got to be able to change. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do like about the, we know where the games are going to be. We don't have to guess anymore. Is it ESPN? Is it big 10 yeah. network? Is it, it, we know well in advance and we know the kickoff FS2. times well yeah. in advance. Like, yeah. No more of the, the five day, six day window. And it's like, That's well, terrible. we have to decide as, yeah. Ask the voice of Penn State football about that, Steve Jones. I bet he was yeah. – he he sleeps at night now knowing that, hey, Penn State's going to play so-and-so team at 7.30, at 3.30 at noon. He yeah. knows he knows most of them well before the season, not six days uh, before yeah. like the rest of us. And this is wild because I remember coming into the last season, 22, I think – the big 10 had released one version of the schedule. Right. And it had, mm -hmm. it had Penn state, Ohio state early October, if I'm not mistaken. And then they changed it. Yeah. And I remember I wasn't happy because then the Penn state, Ohio state game fell on a, uh, my buddy's wedding. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he wasn't happy either. But yeah. like, this is good to see this schedule today. A year tops out from when the games will actually be played to build the hype. I mean, the conference knows what they're doing. I think that it seems to me like it's heading in the right direction under the new commissioner. And uh, I just, I, I still will never forgive um, the big 10 schedule makers the last 10 years, putting Penn state on the road nine years in a row to open. It is insane that you don't recognize that as a trend and a flaw in your scheduling. Um, when Michigan opens up at home in conference, 
I mean, every year, right? And every it's always year. like Maryland or Rutgers or Indiana. Yep. And it always seems like they get a snoozer to start. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I know non-conference games are going to be interesting when it comes to this nine nine games uh, conference schedule. Is it even worth it to play a to play a big uh, a big game? No, uh, I, don't, I don't think you really need to. Uh, you can kind of stick with the group of five games, I guess, now, especially with SC and UCLA in there. So. With the nine-game Big Ten schedule, what you're going to see is Penn State scheduling more of the uh, the Villanovas, the Delawares, yeah. because they need those seven home games. So when they have four Big Ten home games, you need three others to balance that out. And you're not – and you can't do a home-and-home home with – I don't care if it's West Virginia, if it's Pitt. You're not going to trade that. You are not going to have – from Penn State, you have to strictly think about this from an economic financial standpoint and what Pat Kraft's yeah. trying to do. Maximize profit so he can fund all of his 31 teams that he's managing. You are not going to see any more the, the pick games. You're not going to see West Virginia. You're not even going to see the likes of Syracuse. Um, that might change, right? They booked Syracuse out to, what, 27, 28? That, yeah. that very well might change given the fact that there's nine Big Ten games and Penn State's not going to want to be in a place where it has to host six home games. They want seven. So you are going to see more teams, whatever, San Diego State. You're going to try maybe Hawaii. I, I don't know. But you are going to see more of those games where just it is, it's a snooze fest. Just hopefully say. not. Hopefully not App State. Anybody but App State, please. App State gives you a game. Man, what can <laughs> I say? Anybody, anybody but App State. I'll, I'll gladly plus keep playing Temple every year. But Matt, this it's been great. It's great to see you again uh, and great to catch up. Uh, speaking of which, I, I, I want to ask you because I'm genuinely curious because I, I like your music and I know a lot, of, a lot of other Penn State fans do. You've been busy with the XFL. Have you had any time to, to get back into music? Always. Right. You forget. I got a lot of plane rides, a lot of Uber rides on the road covering these XFL games. You're writing. You're right. Yeah. I love, I love a good, a good songwriting session when you're on an airplane. Uh, It's very quiet and just get in the zone and get the headphones on. Um, Yeah. Follow along on Spotify, Matty Fresh. Make sure you're subscribed to YouTube, Matty Fresh. Follow along on Twitter. Um, And we'll see what happens in August. Okay, right before the season. Perfect timing in Penn State Place. West Virginia. Might have Matt, something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt, I'll definitely have you back on well before then. You know, hopefully we can we can fit it into the schedule. So I, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, this has been great. An extensive conversation, but definitely well worth it to cover all those angel, angles as I talked about in the beginning. So thanks for that. It, it was great. Yeah, always great to join you, Zach. Doing a great job with Locked On. Appreciate Make sure you subscribe to that channel. Um, around the clock coverage that you just can't get anywhere else. And, and I know I enjoy following along and uh, I check it out daily. So, yeah, absolutely. Love to come on. Hey, it's Zach Seiko. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already for all of the podcasts, including exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Follow the show on Twitter. You can follow my personal account as well at Zach underscore Seiko. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything that Penn State Rivals does. And we'll catch you again on the next episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for tuning in to this two-part show.